The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to a very special holiday episode of Beyond IGN's PlayStation Show. I'm your host, Max Scoville, and joining me are my good friends, Jada Griffin. Uh, were, you, were you saying ho, ho, ho to, like, each of us here at the table? <laughs> yes, but Akeem's been behaving himself, so you're good. I'm, I'm, a, good, I'm a good boy. Anyway, you're, you're not on the naughty list. The rest of you are uh, pr- promiscuous. Brian? I've been on that naughty list. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And Josh, too. Yep. Very, very naughty me. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're off to a great start. It's kind of a holiday episode, but we're pre-shooting this so we can not work during the holidays. Um, but we do have something very cool uh, sort of to unwrap. Uh, Jada, you got a chance to play with the new DualSense Edge controller, and you're now allowed to talk about it. Uh, later on, we do want to talk a little bit about Death Stranding 2. Uh, we've got a silly game involving uh, nouns and verbs and whatnot. And Callisto Protocol, a little bit late to the party. We're going to talk about that a bit. But first, Jada, tell us about that weird controller. That weird controller is going to be my lifeblood come when it releases early next year. Whoa. Um, yes, I'm going to, you know, IV it into me and it's going to charge from me. That's how they solve the battery life issues that anybody has. It just charges from you. It's didn't cyberpunk. I know that was a function. It's sure. cyberpunk Let's get into now. it. Um, no, <laughs> but the, the DualSense Edge is wonderful. It's a little bit heavier than your standard uh, DualSense now, um, but the weight is, uh, they balance it out so it's in the center. Mm-hmm. So you don't really feel the extra weight um it's really sharp it looks nice um honestly the best thing about it for me is the new customizable buttons and everything you can do with it there's so many different ways you can customize this controller um, when you're playing your games um, that i think fans that are really looking to do different things or those who have accessibility needs are going to love this controller Um, you can unbind any button you can disable buttons. You can bind anything to anything. Like you can take your um, like analog stick inputs and bind it to the D-pad. Uh, like there's so many weird things that you can bind to different things. If you want to flip your D-pad with your X square triangle circle button, you can flip those completely. That's really cool. Um, so there's a really a lot of really cool things you can do with that. Um, the controller stores four profiles it has a default profile that you can store on it and then you can customize and set up three other um, alternate profiles to be to look and or to do whatever you want them to do and you can name them and customize them and then your console per profile can hold 30 additional profiles and you can just simply swap into those um 
the they added you'll see that there's a little function button that they added below the dual uh the the analog sticks and that's how you do that like literally you'll hit the function button and you'll hit square triangle circle x and it'll switch between the profiles on the fly no menus no nothing instantly swaps um i'm going to be using this a lot for like apex so when you're playing a battle royale if i drop and i'm getting i pick up a shotgun or a pistol or smg i can set my settings to my smg sensitivities and when i get if I find a sniper rifle, like a charge rifle, Sentinel, those who play Apex will know these, these sniper rifle names, um, I can switch my sensitivities at just by pressing function and another button and switch my sensitivities for that like more uh, sniper focused sensitivities that I like. So I didn't get the appeal of that and you explained it that way and it immediately made sense. I think that is such a cool feature. Like, whether it's Battle Royale or, like, even just a game where you switch between sort of different core activities, like, yeah. you know, an open world game where sometimes you're driving, sometimes you're walking, you know? Yeah, switch I mean, if you that. play COD, like, you sometimes you could have, like, a, you know, maybe you have a shotgun for your main weapon and then you have a sniper rifle for your secondary or vice versa. Excuse me, it's COD, sniper rifle, then shotgun. So, wait, you have, you have four, you basically have four loadouts on the controller that are stored controller. in there. And yep. then you can swap between different profiles did each kind of have their own four, pretty much? Is that is that right, or...? Uh, what do you mean, like... Like, there are 30, 30 profiles sort of stored in the main system, so you mm -hmm. can effectively have, like, a separate profile per game? Uh, no, so they're just on your console. So like there, there's there's a whole new UI setting that will pop up in your mm, uh, menus okay. once you have once you plug in a DualShock um, and or activate a DualShock once you sync it up, you'll it'll unlock these extra menu options that aren't there currently. Um, and then once you, what you can do is um, you can create all these. You can go in crazy, create your 30 profiles for all your games, and then at any time you can hit function and then option mid game. So like you could like take cover in a game push function options like the sensitivity isn't working for me you can hop into it'll take you straight to that menu sorry i hit my mic you can hop straight into that setting um and then select a different profile that you've built like if maybe say like you know you configured your stuff for uh god of war horizon gran turismo and it's like oh i'm playing cod now i don't have the right ones you hit function option it goes in there you can see that you've named you're like oh this is my cod setting and you can switch that one and bind it to your controller immediately and then push function option and you're right back in the game no other menus whatsoever That's super cool gotcha. super quick super easy I, I have a couple questions about yes. the build quality so i'm i'm a big fan of the elite controller on xbox mm -hmm. i'm not wild about the paddles on that system and also i'm no pun intended constantly on edge with that thing because all i've read is that like they don't have a long shelf life and they, they die easily and like microsoft just has a bad track record with their high-end controllers there now obviously you didn't get to test this enough to to kill it but like did it feel <laughs> did it feel i you will though because you play thousands of hours of playstation a year um did it feel like this thing's going to be sturdy? How did the how do the paddles feel? Stuff like that. Yeah, it feels very sturdy. Uh, I mean, the the triggers and everything that you've got in your current dual sense is still going to be there, so you don't have to worry about like losing anything like that quality wise. That's all there. Um, the analog sticks on the back of the controller were uh, like directly opposite of where your analog sticks are. There's a little uh, press button. I should have had a controller here to show, um, but you can push this little button and it'll clip. It'll pop off the top where the analog sticks are, and then inside there are two little clasps that you just simply can lift up 
individually, and that's how you can remove the analog sticks to replace them. Mm -hmm. Super easy. It's just plug and plug and play kind of type thing, um, and then you just refasten it, and then you can just reclip it back in. Um, but yeah, quality seems really great. Um, it comes with the traditional analog sticks, and then you can pull off the actual like nubs on your analog yep. sticks, and it comes with four different um, additional ones. Um, it gives there's two long ones and, or tall ones and two short ones. Um, I, I found myself those. on Xbox. I, I kind of mismatched those purposefully, mm. and I was like, oh, like that actually feels really good. Like the right stick was uh, for camera was slightly raised versus the left one, and that was just like something I did just testing it out. So I feel like I'll do that on PlayStation also. Yeah, you can. And totally you have that, do that ability. Which yes, is cool. you hundred percent have that ability. But yeah, everything feels very high quality. Um, the uh, there's some like. Sometimes the controls, you can see there's like kind of like these like additional lines for like when things are kind of built and put together. It doesn't have any additional lines. Everything is very specific in how it's put together mm -hmm. to be very aesthetically pleasing as well. Um, the touchpad has these cool little uh, like emblems on there. Um, when you switch profiles, you can have your settings set to give you like a rumble vibration to let you know, hey, you're you changed your settings. There's also like a, uh, a little light underneath the uh, the touchpad um, that you can see on the the screen there and that will light up also to tell you um and then when you have multiple players playing like the lights will be different if multiple people are using dual sense edge controllers it'll be separate now, different now, jade i'm curious since uh since you know you're giving us a lot of information about uh the dual sense uh edge uh, have you used the are you familiar with the the elite control have you played with that one i have played uh, with on... i have played with the elite controller not like a whole amount of time i probably maybe got like okay eight to ten hours just kind of so, like borrowing one from a friend like... Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, uh, like if you've used both, like, how does it how does it stack up? Like, you know, if someone, you know, using the Elite Controller, how does it compare? Mm -hmm. uh, do you think, like, someone that used the, the Elite Controller, would they feel at home on, on the PS5 with, with this particular controller or not? Yeah, I think they will. Um, I think the one thing that the, the Xbox controller has over the DualSense potentially is the D-pad, like, because you can kind of change out that D-pad on the Xbox one. PlayStation doesn't have that. You've got that kind of standard uh, D-pad um, on the it, DualSense It is edge, a good D-pad. But it though. is a very good D-pad, so I don't yeah. feel like they felt that they needed to reinvent the wheel on that one, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think I think Xbox fans that also have a PlayStation, I think they'll be right at home when they pick up this controller. That's cool. Um, now, super I, super baseline enough. question: Does it does it feel noticeably different from a regular DualSense? It does feel a little bit. Like I said, it feels a little bit heavier. But uh, and I only got to play for maybe an hour or so with it, so it's kind of hard with when I have so much muscle memory for the, what the two thousand hours I put in this year. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. Humble brag. I wasn't um, exaggerating when I said yes, thousands, thousands of, of hours. hours. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, you did we'll, that. <laughs> we'll talk about stats later. Yep. But um, but yeah, no, it felt it felt very similar to me. Um, it honestly felt better. It like is really well, I, weird. I like, hope so. They're charging yeah, yes, more. Yes, they're charging is it, more. Is it the same same texture, same finish, or is it? Uh, it there's actually so on the the grips. There's actually a more textured feel on the grips. So you'll have a little bit better of a grip on, on the controller as did, well. Do we have any idea of battery life? Obviously, that yeah, varies. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the original Dual Sense is not great. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what magic uh, like Nintendo put in the Pro Controller where it lasts five years or whatever, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. even even like the the base uh, Xbox controllers last a long time. But the Dual Sense is just not really been that for me. I, I usually, I usually, I usually get about eight to ten hours still on my Dual Senses, but um, I didn't get a chance to really test battery life. I only was there for like an hour and a half, two mm -hmm. hours. Um, 
one thing I will say that the braided cable that comes with is very nice and it's very long. It's like extra long. Okay. So you can be plugged in very easily and it has a locking mechanism so that if, you know, you have the cable on the ground and your kid runs by and trips over the cable, it's not going to yank it out of your controller, break the cable or whatever. You, you know, just your kid's either going to trip or the controller is going to come out of your hand. One of the two. It's going to yank um, the PS5 out of the console. Yeah, it could come also out of the PS5. It yeah, could yeah. also they do that. You should put that on PSVR too, by the way. Yes, yeah. 100%. Um, and so like, I think with that and um, the case that it comes with, there's like a little slot on the back of the case that pops, uh, opens like a Velcro. Yep. And you can just plug the controller and charge it right through there, which is really nice. And it's it's, um, it's big enough to where you can see, so you're not like blindly trying to plug in. You know, whenever you're trying to plug something in behind like the couch and like, okay, where is this? Mm -hmm. Where is this? This I know it's right here. I know the outlet's right here. You don't have to worry about that issue, which is nice. Cool. Well, you have a full write-up on IGN, is it? Yes, the full write-up is live on IGN. So yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, there's pictures and video for all the extra things. I hope I talked about everything. There's so many things with this controller. Oh, I didn't talk about the, um, the the triggers. Yeah. On the back of the triggers, there's two little switches that are independent from each other, um, and that will basically change how far the trigger goes in. The resistance, basically. It, it's not even a resistance. It literally stops it. It, like, locks in, It right? locks it, yeah. So, like, it's a full lock, a half lock, and then a normal. So if you um, want to do, like, ba baby taps to fire off your, your guns in Call of Duty, yes. you can do that. Oh, and if you go into the UI, you can even get more granular with it. You can change the dead zones on the trigger, so you can set it to the very minimum, and then set the dead zone to be at a different percentage of that as well. So you can say like, okay, I don't want it to take anything for the first 20% of this input at the minimum, and I don't want it to, and uh, I want it to fully activate at like 40% of mm -hmm. the minimum. Like you can get so granular with this controller. Um, I didn't get to test the headset settings, unfortunately, but you, when you have the um, the Pulse 3D headset plugged in, you can also control your volume settings, your chat settings from the controller as well, without having to go into the menu and do all that. So it's also a great addition for those who have the Pulse. That's it. Cool. Nice. Well, um, that comes out January 26th. We'll obviously have more information about it as it gets closer. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? 
None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Something that is coming towards us probably very slowly, maybe its shoes are worn out, I don't know, is Death Stranding 2, or DS2. It was announced at the Game Awards. Apparently it's just a working title, but uh, Kojima's back at it again. Norman Reedus is back with his magical fetus. And uh, yeah, I think literally when this got announced, when this trailer was still in the middle of going on, we were sitting in the room watching the Game Awards here at IGN, and I heard someone go, should I play Death Stranding? And then I looked down at Twitter and someone else literally said, should I play Death Stranding? And I feel like that's kind of a kind of a thought that's floating around a lot. Obviously, a lot of us have um, probably played. Have we all have we, Jada? You played mm-hmm. it, Brian? I have not. Okay. So this that was a question I was thinking about. Okay. Akeem, <laughs> what about up. you? Have you played Death Stranding? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes, I have. All right. Okay. So I'm I'm alone. Okay. I'm the one that is thinking here. Should I play Death so you're Stranding? A, you're and a now I have pig. four have people to, here yeah. at, to, to, to answer fair, this. To be yeah. fair, I haven't finished it. I got about thirty hours in, and then I. I abandoned my baby. Okay. I left my baby. Should you finish? <laughs> That's harsh. Yeah. I mean, he's... Are you I mean, thinking about finishing harsh. it? I, I am considering it. So, like, Yusuf, is, my partner, has been playing it. He's, like, 256 hours in. He's okay. about to platinum it. It may be the one game that he platinums that I never platinum, because I don't know if I have it in me mm-hmm. to go and platinum Death Stranding, because it is just so much... So much postal work. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I come from a line... I come from a line of postal workers. I worked at the post office <laughs> oh, in college. Gosh. Okay. And... Yeah. I did everything in my power to imagine a better life for myself, and that's why I'm yeah. here at IGN. So this, um, this, this, the game hits a little too close to home. It hits for a little you. too yeah. close at home okay. for me. I love, I love, you know what my family's done in the post office. My mom's still there. Um, she's about to retire, hopefully. Um, but yeah, like it's just, it's. I had to, I had to get out of that that's, life. That's totally fair. Yeah, I think honestly, at this point, um, I played it immediately prior to launch. I pretty much just mainlined it, which is the worst possible way to play that game. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I've often likened trying to sort of just binge huge games as um, Bruce Bogtrotter, the little boy in Matilda who's forced to eat an entire chocolate cake in front of everybody. That's kind of what it's like to like try to f- just consume a massive game like that. And this specifically is a game that is very... It's very zen. It's about like, you know, traversing these, you know, massive areas. And it's not really the fastest paced game around. Uh, so... 
not ideal for that. The other key thing is that it's entirely like the the it's a strand game, which means right. that it connects players in this kind of uh, anonymous, asymmetrical sort. Not anonymous, but it's it's kind of kind of what Dark Souls does, where mm-hmm. like players leave little treats and tidbits and like warnings and messages for each other. And prior to launch, that wasn't that was just like a handful of people playing. So yeah. like, yeah. there wasn't really a huge ecosystem there. But the more people play the more sort of refined the world is and like they're they're it's a lot easier to, to deliver mail if there are roads and if a bunch of people are playing and they put in roads then hey cool there it is i uh, think i think the coolest thing about that is that you can like set up a code and like link up with a group of people that you know and like you can all share the same thing it'll make sure that their structures appear in your world um so like that's if i do go back like i'll be linking up with my partners because he's already built zip lines across the whole is. world mm-hmm. and so like i can just zip line everywhere yeah the they other thing is I, I played it on ps4 and since we've then we've gotten the director's code yeah. which added a ton of like bells and whistles possibly literally there's like cir- cir- circus cannons that can shoot your crap across the whole <laughs> there's world like a, yep. a racing racetrack for some reason yeah I, you know my thing with this game was like i wanted to love it so much and it I, it didn't click, and I loved Metal Gear Solid Five. I love Breath of the Wild. I, I love big open world games that have a bunch of systems in play that let you do crazy stuff. Um, I love the the lead up to this game was amazing. Like the theories and the like, digging into details and just like having all these crazy ideas of what is this, what does it mean. That to me was actually more fun than the game itself. And when the game landed, I was like, this is kind of cumbersome. I'm struggling with it. I don't like it, but I understand why people adore it. And that's to me a more of a bummer than like me just playing a bad game that I hate because right. I can just kind of throw it away. But with this one, I was like, there's so much here I love and it's just not clicking with me. But that said, like the game of the year edition, they added all that stuff Max was just talking about. So Josh, I feel like for you, like, and you're somebody that you found every turd in Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah. So like you, you, you <laughs> click with this you game click is with, filled with feces. Yes. Oh, all kinds it's of bodily fluid. It's just, yeah. I love <laughs> bodily excrement. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll be you'll be finding a lot of those. Yeah. Right. And you know, har- harnessing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's up? I was gonna say the reason people uh, loved uh, this game, uh, Brian, uh, is because of Kojima. We love Kojima. Right. Like, I mean, like much like what you said, Brian. Yes, I found it very cumbersome. I mean, like I I don't really like playing beautiful walking simulators, but you know what? Kojima's behind this one, so I was like, you know what? I'll I'll give it a try. I actually have it uh, right now on my um uh, the the director's cut uh, on my Steam Deck. So uh, I'm I I have, I'm revisiting the game on there. But again, like I just honestly, the only reason I I'm I'm still playing it is because of Kojima. If it wasn't a Kojima game, then I probably would have just like abandoned mm-hmm. this fetus a long time ago. I don't. If it wasn't a Kojima game, it wouldn't exist, and I mean that. Because I think if, yeah, if somebody came out of the woodwork and they were like, hey, I made a game where you slowly deliver um, pa- papers to holograms who don't come out of their house, they'd be like, I don't know if we're going to yeah. give you money, it's, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. It's the first of its kind. It's a strand game. Yes. There's going to be a series of strand games. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. okay. No, he definitely didn't got know in, what that was. He got in at the right time. It was like mm-hmm. when they launch a new streaming platform and they're like, hey, Mike Judge, want to make a new season of Beef is a Butthead? And he's like, well, this year when you have money, absolutely. Because next year you won't. Mm-hmm. I, I, and see, I, I, like, I totally will i admire kojima because he is a talented game creator but his stories honestly don't do it for me so that's the hardest thing for me like i'm not the hugest metal gear fan mm-hmm. like i liked metal gear twin snakes and what? uh mg5 like in metal gear solid 5 like i played a little bit of it but like i get so lost in the stories mm-hmm. and like it's just the cutscenes are too long for me 
and you guys know how much I play games, and so like I, I need to be active when I'm playing, otherwise I fall asleep. And right. I did that a lot during. Twin Snakes is one of the only games where you can shoot Yoshi in the head. <laughs> um, I but the, like the trailer for DS2 looked incredible, and I love all the the designs in that. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm in on this, and maybe I'll just watch a recap of the first game and then go yeah, through but, this whole cycle again. Yeah, but right? that's exactly how you felt about the first. I like, know, Death I know. Trailers. That's, like that's it's. I felt the same way. Like, yeah. I saw this new trailer. I'm like, wow, I'm so hyped for this game, but I already know what this game is. So, so why would I? Yeah, I. Kojima, if you look at the, the, his track record with Metal Gears, they are all mechanically pretty distinct. Yes. Like, mm. he loves to invent new systems and mm -hmm. throw a monkey wrench into things. And honestly, if he would just, he'd just, like, annualize Metal Gear and be like, oh, here's the continuing adventures of Snake, it probably would have been much more successful. But instead, he's like, I've invented a new system where you can get food poisoning. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. he just loves to throw in, like, weird... You can okay. kill this person by saving your game and not playing for two weeks. Your favorite action hero is now very old and he's sick and he's dying and he has a mustache so for some reason. are you like, saying that, like, modern Kojima fans who may not know all of that might have to kind of be on their toes a little here? Because it... They yeah. it, they could get thrown for a loop. People who put like 150 hours into Death Stranding one might come into two, being like more of the same, which I love. And he's going to be like, ah ah ah. I think mm -hmm. the, I think the core mechanics are going to be there, but I would I would be very surprised if he didn't throw in a few like crazy curveballs. It, it looks like there's kind of more of an emphasis on stealth, maybe running away mm -hmm. from people based on the trailer. Again, the trailer I I picked over the trailers for the first one just so much like i was on the the you know crazy wingnut fan theory subreddit and just looking at all that stuff and we we're like there was they would drop like a a super duper high-res photo of norman reedus's character and people were like zooming in and looking at the usb drives on his on his mm -hmm. necklace and they had equations in them and people were like figuring out the equations and unpacking them and it was we're just like looking at everything with just a, a magnifying glass and ultimately it did none of it. It didn't really. It didn't really. Yeah, matter, that yeah. wasn't like transferred to the gameplay of what right. it really yeah. was, right? I so mean, I mean, no matter what really... we see here, how, is it going to be representative of gameplay? Like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it didn't even translate to the story so much. Uh, yeah. I would argue that that contributes to both the gameplay and the story. Like what? the 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 theories. Yeah, <laughs> that's part of the gameplay. Oh, it's a lot. Like, yes, that okay. is, like the the road to something. Like when somebody's like, "Oh, the game's only eight hours long," and it's like, "Well, you've been talking about it for two years, though." Yeah. So I mean, that's got to count for something. The whole idea of a strand game is it's a thing that connects people, it brings wow. them together. And like, I don't know, we're just meet a bunch. We're of playing strangers. the game right now. Yeah. We, we are. are. We, we are, are already playing DS2. Yeah. Wow. And so are you Kojima. listening? He is revolutionizing. We're definitely gonna get some. Oh my god. No, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I don't want to cut you off, Josh. No, uh, no, no, I was going to say that we're definitely going to uh, be thrown for some curveballs mm -hmm. because, I mean, like, I, in the, based on the trailer, I, I'm pretty sure we all saw, like, there, there was an octopus baby inside of that, that damn thing. I want to know what's up with the octopus baby. That's an angel baby, my friend. That baby has wings. I was but I mean, that one right there. No, no, no. Wings. Okay, well, what we're looking one, at right now, you're talking about right, what we're looking yeah. at right now, but later on in this trailer, we see... We see uh we see an octopus inside of one of in one of the um uh the 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 containers uh, that usually have uh the bridge baby uh contained in so it's yep. you know so I I've seen like yeah right there 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 it is right there so it's like I want to know how does that play within the the overall game mechanics or you know like and, and why I, is there an octopus in there my theory is is baby cosmetics you saw the angel wings earlier it's a tentacle I think you're going to be able to unlock cool new outfits for your baby and you'll be able to dress it up inside of that uh weird womb vat. Uh, I'm actually, I'm really excited about this. I'm really curious about this specifically because a few things have changed since I played the first game. Namely, there was a massive global pandemic that resulted in all of us hiding inside our homes and getting stuff delivered all the time, which was a little weird that that was 
com- seemed completely far-fetched. Which apparently caused Kojima to completely rewrite the game from scratch. Which, yes, so. it, it just makes me wonder, like, what? How much did, like, I... Like how, how much of the game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did he change? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, What like now when it comes out, I hope he kind of, like reveals what the original script mm-hmm. was going to be. Right. Yeah. But I mean, the other thing is I've I became a dad. Mm-hmm. Like I have a, I have a little baby now, and there's like that's obviously that stuff's going to hit differently. But I mean, even watching the trailer, I was like, don't kill the kid, don't kill the kid, don't kill the kid, because I'm a dad too. And then they did, I think. Maybe. And then it did became they? an octopus. Sort of. Oh, okay. And then I was like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to keep doing that then, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but it's um, I don't know. I'm the thing that I'm really excited about is more Yoji Shinkawa designs because yeah. he's the me- mechanical character designer for all of you know Kojima's best games, and I'm just very happy he's just turned loose to do more weird stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could honestly I I appreciate how much he's, Kojima swings for the fences with the story. Uh, I think he I think he gets lost in the weeds sometimes. You know, he definitely goes pretty far out there, mm-hmm. and it's weird because. At the same time, he has like wonderful ideas for game mechanics, and they don't always intersect with what's happening in the story. You know, they're kind of yeah. these two isolated things, especially in the first one, where it was like a lot of the a lot of the cutscenes in that, a lot of the conversations felt very much like a stage play, where you've got all these famous characters and they're like clearly interacting. Like the the performance capture in that game is great, uh, but they're not really not really doing much. Like it's kind of they're they're fairly sort of corralled in. And it's it's funny if you look at something like comparatively like God of War Ragnarok, which obviously probably a little bit of a bigger budget for that game, but you see the characters kind of interacting with the environment more, and there are like set pieces. There's more kind of action. There's more movement. Whereas a lot of the conversations and you know interactions in in the first first Death Stranding is like, you know, Sam Bridges is just like he's in his bedroom and like maybe he's talking to a hologram, maybe he's talking to someone who's there who can't be touched. Like it's mm-hmm. a, it's it's a it's an odd kind of separation between you know narrative and uh you know ludo and narrative i guess it's a it's a fascinating series to look at considering it's running on the decima engine and like the other contemporary you know example of that is the horizon series which is historically busy and uh cluttered and just overly designed if anything right like there's just non-stop like oh look there's a river there's a rock there's a a rat and an animal is running by a forest and a dilapidated bridge whereas you look at death stranding and it's like it's it's minimalist it's it's quiet it's bleak um it's gray and i i kind of appreciate that this engine is flexible enough to do both of those things so well so distinctly that for the average person walking by you wouldn't ever guess that they're coming from the same place interesting Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think I will give it a shot. Give it a shot. I'm going to try it. I mean, based on the way you guys are describing it, it sounds like one of those games that, yeah, you definitely shouldn't just mainline it, pretend it's like a right. linear narrative type of game, like God of War or something, where you're like, I have to find out what happens next. Yeah. Like, kind of just relax. That's honestly how I play Far Cry 6. I still haven't beaten that game, but because there's just so much to do. And like... Obviously, the gameplay is not going to be exactly the same. Like, uh, but I approach Far Cry in a way where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to uh, skydive into the spot, grab this little collectible, and I'll do a few of those, and I'm good. I'm done. Like, I play maybe an hour or two of that game every time I sit down, and mm-hmm. like, I am satisfied. If you took Far Cry Six and gave it a heaping dose of barbiturates, you would have Death Stranding, where like instead of skydiving in, you're just like you're kind of moseying up. Maybe you take your little motorcycle, which is rusting rapidly because you drove through a haunted rainstorm or whatever. Yep, hit a ramp and yeah. do, a, do a little trick. I'm just I love that you know you think of what a director's cut is, and typically it's like oh it's maybe it's more story, and it's like in a Kojima game it's like he added jump kicks and catapults and a racetrack. You're like 
Why not? All right. <laughs> that was cut from the original game, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, give it a shot. I think, yeah. I, I hope Death Stranding 2 takes everything that the first game did and just builds on it and gets completely nuts and gets weird, weirder and has fun with it. And, uh, you know, it's uh, we have no idea when that's coming or if it's even going to be called Death Stranding 2, but th there it is. I'm, I don't know. I'm stoked. Now, we just tried to sell you on a game. You have a game for us. Is that right, Josh? That's true. Uh, it's the return of PlayStation Mad Libs that we're calling, I think, PlayStation Mod Libs. Yeah, right? Mod okay. Mo Racers. Modding is yes, a thing. Yes. That yeah, yes, like modding is a thing. Cut. Yes. Um, we're, it's Mad Libs, where I'm going to okay. take a game synopsis from a PlayStation game. Uh, I'm going to take out some adjectives, some verbs, some nouns, and ask you guys to replace them without knowing the context. That's then right. I'm going to reread this new synopsis and have you guess what the game is. Okay. Does that make kind of sense? Um, all right, we'll just go around uh, in a circle here. Uh, we'll start with Akeem. Akeem, can I get a noun? Um, Any noun at all? Uh, person, place, or thing? I, I, know, I know, I'm trying to think of a good <laughs> one. It could, it, can it be an actual person or? It could yeah, be anything. A video game person. A, a noun. All right. Uh, uh, Laura Croft. <laughs> He's a person. Yeah. Uh, yes, that works. I wonder what's on your mind I right now. I appreciate that that took a yeah. full minute. <laughs> uh, Max. <laughs> hey, this is a very important game to me, okay? It is. Yeah. Game of the year. It is. Uh, can I get a type of building? Uh, <laughs> Outback Steakhouse. Outback oh. Steakhouse <laughs> uh, restaurant. Um, Jada, Wait, can, can I? Can you say Outback Steakhouse, comma a restaurant? Yeah, I'll try. Okay. I'll see if that makes sense <laughs> when I read it later. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the biggest worry if this makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Jada, can I get a noun, please? A noun. Uh, firefly. Firefly. Uh, Brian, can I get a name of a living thing? Uh, Fart Jenkins. Fart <laughs> Jenkins. That's a living thing. Uh, yeah. Well, Never heard of him. I mean, it's his name. Uh, Akeem, can I get a city? <laughs> Any city at all? Let's go with my city, Chicago. Chicago. Uh, Max, can I get an adjective, please? Rootin' tootin'. Rootin' tootin'. Uh, yeah, technically correct. Yeah. Jada, can I get a verb ending with ing? Swinging. Swinging. Uh, and then Brian, can I get an adjective, please? Uh, Harry. Harry. Uh, Akeem, an adjective, please. Scary. Gary? Gary? Mary? I said scary. Oh, scary. Oh, I think you said Gary. I was like, what's that? <laughs> I think Gary should be God, adjective. that movie was so Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost garish. Yeah. yeah. If you go to that uh, restaurant, it's very Gary. <laughs> Max, can I get another adjective? Oh, look at the baby right here. Uh, what the? There's a baby. <laughs> uh, Snake-shaped. Okay. Uh, and then Jada, can I get a noun? <laughs> Max doesn't stop me dead in my tracks. A often, noun. But... Uh, dodgeball. Dodgeball. Like, wait, is that actually like, is that a noun? Is dodgeball like? Yeah, a dodgeball. Guess... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's how they call it now. All right. Here is the completed game synopsis. Okay. A rootin' tootin' message leads you to a hairy outback steakhouse, a restaurant <laughs> in scary Chicago. 
With danger lurking in the shadows of every Lara Croft and the insane fart Jenkins, sorry, and the insane fart Jenkins hellbent on swinging you, piecing together every firefly and uncovering the unspeakable dodgeball will be the key in your fight to escape, snake shaped. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that made sense. Okay, yeah. so I got yeah. it. So now we have to guess the game. Yes. What Some, is this? Sometimes game? you add so many mods to Skyrim that it just breaks, and that's what mm -hmm. we just did there. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys kind of yep. broke this one, but I have no. Can I, I, I think I got a guess. Yeah. What's your guess? Until dawn. It is not until dawn. You are in the correct genre. Yeah. I would say. What, so like horror or like the message you got to go to the outback steakhouse in chicago dying light. Okay. nope okay if it's uh, i'm just gonna stay in that same genre i'll do it do you guys want to guess before i you can do it you're better at games i've got nothing at all the so. quarry no mm -hmm. we are still in the vibe can I you read your anthology the hairy outback steakhouse <laughs> nope can you read message. the last sentence again that garbage yeah that, that garbage <laughs> sentence i'll try it again um with danger lurking in the shadows of every lara croft and the insane fart jenkins hell-bent on swinging you piecing together every firefly and uncovering the unspeakable dodgeball will be the key in your fight to escape snake shaped the medium did, no did we say firefly I said yes, Jada said oh, Firefly. Did. So oh, Firefly so, is not a. Why would you do that? Part of yeah, the thing. Why? Now we're confused. <laughs> now I'm thinking about well, The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, we really should think about this logically. Uncovering every Lara Croft. I'm sorry, um, snake shape every, and snake back. Was, was uh, it every, every corner of Lara Croft? Every sh yeah. The shadows. Every just, every, every Lara Croft. I'm gonna I'm gonna revert a couple of these back. No, All right. Should, uh, no, you want you. Sorry. Make it, make it worse. worse. Make it worse. I don't to make it harder to worse. guess. Um, okay, I'm just going to name off all the other. All like, right. A root and tootin' message leads you to a rural Outback Steakhouse, a restaurant in scary Chicago. Resident with, Evil 7. Resident Evil 7 nice is correct. There we go. Yeah. Wow. Which you know, really is kind of a hairy Outback steak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Instant pot full of cockroaches. There are some root and tootin' I was about to go. Game, I was about to go. Alan Wake was my next guess. Yeah. Scary was a good one. I mean, scary was actually one of your words, Akeem. It was a scary, know, in scary was. Chicago. So Laura Croft. That should have that should have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> How would Laura Croft be a dead giveaway for Resident Evil Seven? Well, numerous people have shipped uh, Resident Evil characters with Laura Croft. On the and and PC okay. mods have definitely put Laura Croft in one of the Resident Evil games. Yes, I'm sure, absolutely. There All you right. go, Jada's on my side. Well, okay. Always. Congrats, Max. Honestly, you did it. You know that game pretty well, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you continue mutilating e Ethan's hands, eventually he will be snake shaped. You know. Yeah. Just, yeah. That is kind of true. Off all the stuff. <laughs> uh, speaking of survival horror, uh, Callisto Protocol finally came out. Yes. We want to talk about it for a little bit, Brian. You love survival horror. You love horror stuff. You want to talk about it, so let's do it. Yeah. So uh, this game is out after a very, very long time of hearing about it. Um, one of the kind of biggest kind of uh, advertising run-ups I've seen for a game in recent times, especially one from a, a fresh new studio made of uh, industry vets. Um, this is not uh, like a, a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. And I think it's only occasionally really good or great, but I also really, really enjoy it. Mm. This is like one of those movies, or it feels like a movie I would throw on, on Shudder. And it's like just one of those like seven out of 10 horror movies that I'm like, you know, it's rough around the edges, but I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. Uh, so Cluster Protocol is a third person action horror game made by uh, 
uh, Striking Distance Studios, which is basically a bunch of uh, people that worked on stuff like Call of Duty and Dead Space and, and a bunch of other games. Um, it feels like this game got out this year kind of, you know, uh, rushed to the finish line there to get ahead of uh, Dead the Space. Dead Space remake next year, a Resident Evil 4 remake next year. There's some big third-person action-adventure remakes coming out next year that I think they wanted to get ahead of. And so it, it, it shipped in kind of like a not-ideal state. Like, it was a little rougher on the edges on, on PC. Uh, PlayStation seemed to fare the best at launch. It's gotten some significant patches since then. Um, it is about an eight, eight-and-a-half-hour, maybe nine, ten-hour game if you, like, really poke around. Uh one-and-done, kind of straightforward, story-driven video game. There's not a ton of replay value. The mm -hmm. devs are going to be adding extra modes later on. It'll be, like I think, like a horde mode and stuff like that. Uh, there's a season pass for it, which is interesting, considering it's, it's you know, a story-driven game. It's not multiplayer. Uh, but that said, I actually really like a lot of what's happening in this game. I think this game does a really good job of building mood while not necessarily being kind of in your face scary it's just really fun to explore and i feel like the pacing just consistently gets better and better and better the first few hours i was like i think i've seen everything this game has to offer and then they dropped you in some new environments they upped the tension a little bit and i start liking it more and more and the thing that i really like about this game is um it's got little pockets of humor and it's not where you'd expect there's these safe rooms which are Rarely that safe, spoiler. Uh, but uh, there's these vending machines in them. And one of them is like a, a talking soda machine that has like some jingles that play along. But another is uh, a machine that lets you 3D print upgrades for your weapons. And it feels really cool and gamey. And you go around, you kill bad guys, you stomp on them. And when they die, uh, there's something inside them. There's always like a little treasure, like some Callisto credits or whatever, or like a, a little health, health nodule you can stick in your neck or whatever. And you bring those credits back, uh, plus some other scraps that you you can sell and you can upgrade your weapons and it feels like like a their kind of modernized mechanical version of the merchant from Resident Evil 4 you know way less charming obviously he doesn't have any quotes or anything but um it does talk to you it lets you put your weapon in there spins it around and 3d prints attachments to it and there's something that that just feels really crunchy and gamey about that that i really really like um the setting itself is sort of this you know dystopian prison planet uh which makes it pretty interesting it's all very derelict and falling apart and the deeper you go into the game the more kind of like run down and disgusting it gets the more kind of um john carpenter's the thing it starts to feel in terms of like just grotesque monsters and, and garbage everywhere uh there's a, a little bit of the abyss in there which i dig um and so like this is an interesting game for me to talk about because i don't really think it's like amazing i don't think it's doing anything particularly new or fresh but as somebody who just really loves the third person action horror genre it makes me really happy that a team spent a bunch of time making kind of like a high profile you know big quality version uh, uh of one of those games um and that we're also getting dead space and resident evil 4 at the same time so i really hope this is the start of a new franchise i don't think that if you're interested in this game or passively interested in this game you should go drop 70 bucks on it tomorrow unless like you plan on trading it in right afterwards but like Maybe wait for a price drop on this one. Keep an eye on this one. Maybe grab it from a friend or share a copy, rent it through Gamefly or something like that. Because I think if you're interested in this genre at all, there's a lot to love here. And I will say that the first few hours, 
take a little bit of getting used to because you're kind of like, all right, I, I see what you're doing here. But then it starts to ramp up and they do some really interesting stuff and really cool stuff. And I, I really like exploring this game. You were like, I don't know, we were texting about it. You were pretty lukewarm on it to begin with, if, yeah. if not like flat out negative. And it's interesting to kind of hear you turn around on it. Mm-hmm. We talked about how like heavily marketed it was. We've been a part of that marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think they showed too much or is there a bunch of stuff kind of hidden? Is it like tip of the iceberg kind of thing? Uh, how often have you been surprised and not in the jump scare sense, like in terms of just what it gives you? Yeah. And so I think like the the surprise elements aren't really there that often. The actually scary parts aren't really there that often. Like there aren't really like a lot of jump scares. And in fact, the ones that are there are kind of annoying. I love this footage. Just, <laughs> they just threw on, is, uh, is, is this a scene from... Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones. Um, that was amazing. That was I think that's from our review saying that once you get tired of melee, you can just shoot people in the head. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the, the thing is the combat in this game ramps up significantly, but it doesn't do that until the second half. You start getting access to more weapons. You get this like force pull thing that you can do to mm-hmm. projectile characters into environmental hazards. Um, your uh, baton that you can use to like, you can level it up and make it stronger. You learn a, a block move and stuff like that. All of that gets significantly better, but most of it is not not there in the first half. And so I completely understand why for an eight hour game, if three or four of those hours are like not really overwhelmingly interesting or surprising that, you know, anybody playing the first half of this game would be like, yeah, I kind of get it. There's also like, it's, it's rough around the edges. Like there's, there's a lot of parts where you will go explore an environment, upgrade a bunch of stuff and then die and then have to do all of that over again. Mm. That gets annoying. The guy in the game runs like I ran in gym class. Like he runs like somebody who doesn't want to run, you know, like it's just like a brisk jog. He's like, all right, I guess the coach is watching me. I should pay attention. To be fair. He was a prisoner on a space prison. Yeah. Like, like, I don't think he was getting the chance to run a whole no, I wasn't getting a ton of exercise out there. Um, and so, like, I'm, I have, like, an hour or two left. I'm really excited to finish it. I hope that this game gets sequels. I hope that it's something that they can build on because it's a really strong foundation so far. And, again, not amazing, not bad. Like, I think this is, like, a 6.5, 7, 7.5 out of 10. Um, but I really like what it's doing in a lot of ways, and I like how it ramps up, and I'm excited to see more. How do the deaths animations like kind of uh, like on the scale from like, you know, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider yeah. reboot and like Dead Space like deaths? How does that kind of has stack well, up? I will say the Tomb Raider deaths were so jarring because they were just happening to like a normal human woman in a, in a regular non-fantasy setting that it was just like. God, you didn't have to do that. Like, you didn't have to put like an elm tree through her head, <laughs> you know? But the ones in Callisto Protocol are either like really gory, so gory they're hilarious. Like I'll give you some examples, right? There's somewhere they, like they'll just like bite into your head and eat off half of it diagonally. And so you're like, that's extreme. But there's another where like a monster will jump on you and just like shove his little fingers into your eyes until they pop. And then your character will get up and just have these holes in his face and go like, ah! and then die and then there's other ones where they just like hit you in the head and the screen goes black and you're like well what happened there like did they not want to they didn't want to take anything from me that time like they just want to elbow drop me like fucking macho man you just just blacked out that's yeah you're just done yeah so like some of them are so comical and when they happen a bunch of times in a row you're like all right i don't i don't care anymore but later in the game they start putting like four or five or six enemies into one room with you and some of them are like you know like they have like uh the like that kind of like last of us rules where they can they can't 
see you, but they can hear you. And so you're tiptoeing and your mm. ammo conservation and all that fun stuff. So they also like, they get these things where like, if you see tentacles coming out of them and you don't kill them fast enough, they turn into something even worse, which is a little Resident Evil 4-ish, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I dig all that. So, um, yeah, the, the death animations and like the scare factor aren't really there for me, but it's gory and it's fun and it's, it's cool to explore. And so that's, that's what's keeping me going. I think that's a, like, I mean, it definitely sounds like a fun weekend game. Yeah. We don't get a ton of those these days. And if I think coming at this and expecting like, again, $70 video game is a pretty big undertaking. If yeah. If you can get something like, you know, Ragnarok or Elden Ring for 70 bucks, then getting a... 10 hour experience maybe not so much you know mm-hmm. but then again if you go into something with lowered expectations if you're like oh man i heard this game was not great and you go in and you're like it's a it, you know it's a it's a horror movie yeah and you spend the weekend killing monsters then like that can be a really that can make for a really good time you know yeah yeah this is this is a fun like binge this game in a couple sittings kind of thing and like i said like maybe if you don't want to drop 70 bucks on it which i completely understand then wait for a price drop trade it in borrow a copy from a friend or something like that but yeah, it sounds like a game pass type of game right yeah. you were like saying it, it's like a What's movie that? you'd watch on shutter right yeah it's like if there was such a streaming service or some exactly. sort of subscription service for games that you already have it's like might as well just play this I game want, i wonder it. if they'll drop this on i mean i'm sure it'll end up on playstation premium plus yeah. extra at some point right so yeah, yeah keep an eye on it uh, speaking of PlayStation, like we do on this show very frequently, uh, IGN put up a big, huge poll ranking all of the PlayStation characters. Really, just I think it's anybody, any character who's ever been on a PlayStation, seen yeah. PlayStation, maybe. The rules are a little Was loose. it a commercial for yeah, a PlayStation? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They put the DVD for it on top of a PlayStation game. Whatever. Uh, apparently, it was... <laughs> the winner is, is, is Kratos. Uh, it was out of, what, 123 different characters, and... Basically, it was kind of pairing them off. Like, mm-hmm. everyone is sort of doing right. this. Oh, so we didn't thing. decide this. This was this like... Was, this is our fans. No, no, this this was, is IGN. Uh, IGN. You did this. Yeah. Wow. Yes, so if you're mad this. about it, then it's it's your fault. Great. And if you're happy about it, then we had some we had something to do with it. But yeah. Kratos we was the winner of 42,088 out of his 47,099 battles. So he people, a lot of people were like, I'm going to tap on Kratos. Uh, the full top 10 is number one, Kratos. Number two, Nathan Drake. Number three, Joel Miller from The Last of Us. Number four, Solid Snake. Number five, Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. You know, My classic. favorite PlayStation yeah. official character. Famously started in video games, sure. too. Yep. Uh, he should be in a comic book someday. He yeah. should. No, I think that I would, would be I would love to see a movie. Oh, yeah, I would right. love to see a movie about him. Yeah. They should make a movie called Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> uh Number six, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, you know, Mm -hmm. who's only ever been on PlayStation games. None of her games have ever launched exclusively on an Xbox or anything like that. She was in Resident Evil 7 recently. (laughs) Uh, She was shipped. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Seventh place, uh, Cloud Strife from FF7. Mm -hmm. You know, Cloud with the hair uh, and the sword. Uh, Number eight, Ellie Williams from The Last of Us. Number nine, Ratchet. Stevens, I didn't know that was his last name. I had no idea. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally making that. <laughs> so funny. Uh, and place is Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima. So like that's a, you know, it's a pretty good, pretty good breakdown. Yeah. I do think it's funny that of this lineup, let's see, one, two, uh, three, I guess, are not PlayStation exclusive. You know? Of this list as well, Jin is the only one with only like one game. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty, pretty nuts. That's, I mean, like Ellie's got two and a half, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Well, um, technically, it's like four and a half now with yeah. all the remakes and remasters. Oh, right. But technically, yes. this yeah. Spider-Man is only one, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. This version of Spider-Man. That's, no, that's... Jin, Jin cracked the top ten with one game, yeah. and like Nathan Drake's been in, what, five? Yes. Six? Count the Vita? 
Uh, I was doing five. What about PlayStation oh, All Stars? Like, he's not oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Brawl Stars. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Now the one big sort of notable omission is Aloy Rogers. Mm. Aloy, Aloy Rogers. <laughs> I'm sorry. You made Shaggy's me. her cousin. Uh, yeah. Is that Shaggy's last name? Yeah, is Rogers? Norville Rogers. What the f- yeah. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fart Jenkins. Um, <laughs> Aloy did not crack the top 10. She's 13th though, right? Yeah. Which 13. is like not entirely. Well, okay. I'll put it this way. That's, that's surprising because she had a prominent AAA game this year, yeah. and she is leading the charge on the flagship launch game for their next hardware, which is PSVR 2, right? And so why isn't she there? I think uh, or why should she be there I, I guess I mean like, she, she should be there like she's an amazing character the performance by Ashley Birch is fantastic um I think you know there's you know, maybe with uh Forbidden West there was some like gripes people got tired of hearing her voice because she was sending so many things to her stash yeah um and so maybe that doctor some points there from the audience who would you knock out of the top 10 for Aloy though uh I it's mean, a good top 10 it is a good top 10 I would probably Probably one of the characters, like, Lara Croft, I haven't associated with PlayStation in a very long time. Right? I, I still would, though, but, like, it's like, Lara Croft's got her start, really, on PlayStation. Like, PS1, Tomb Raider was kind of, like, a big thing. But she was, like, famously Xbox exclusive for a full year just a few years ago. True. Which true. was not it great was for sales. But... They didn't, they didn't, yeah, it wasn't, they didn't. <laughs> they were shipped for only a little bit. Yeah. And then she moved on that to Resident broke. Evil. I don't know. Honestly, I've... I know comments. People in the comments are not going to be happy about this, but I honestly am not the biggest fan of Joel. Like Joel is a great character. Neither was Abby. <laughs> yeah, neither. Yeah, there we go. There's the low hanging fruit joke. I was just about to snatch it. Um, I, I mean, like, I think I think he's a really good character. I would have rather seen Aloy into there. I think if we're having one Last of Us character, I think Ellie shows a little bit more range. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Aloy. Yeah, we got Aloy popping up on the screen, courtesy of our home. You're missing out on the theater of the uh, PNG with a transparent background being dragged around by one of our studios. Well, I'm not. I don't don't want to spoil anything in The Last of Us, but I will say that like Ellie is one of those characters that's just like you. You love her for a lot of reasons, Mm -hmm. but also you resent some of her decisions and actions. Like that is a gray anti-hero in a lot of ways. So. mm -hmm. There's a weird thing. I honestly wonder how people were voting in this. Yeah. I think a lot of people were looking at it like who would win in a fight. Yes. You're also looking at whose games are the best, and you're also looking at who are these. Ca- Which character do I, also, I relate to? Better, enjoy relating better. to the character versus is this is a well crafted character. Yes. There's a lot of different criteria that you could kind of approach this from, and I honestly think like Kratos is great, but there's also sort of recency bias. Like everyone's pretty hype on yeah. Ragnarok right mm-hmm. now. But also, Kratos could kick pretty much everyone on this on this list ass. Oh God, yeah, yeah he yeah. would just kill, he would mop the floor with yeah. them. Yeah, uh, I do think it's also really funny. For I don't know why, I don't know who organized this. For some reason, the photo for Solid's not photo. It's not a real man. Uh, the, the picture for Solid <laughs> photos of the dinosaurs is, is Old Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Which it reminds me of if you're like watching a movie on Amazon and you hit pause and it has that whole like IMDb thing pop oh, up. Oh, the yeah. X-ray or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And like some people, it has like their most recent headshot, and then occasionally <laughs> there's like here's a picture of like someone from the 1940s, or like here's a picture yeah. of them on the red carpet. Like it's the most bizarre, yeah. like awkward. You know. Anyway, it's that's an odd one because also Solid Snake. You know, he's he's the hero of a handful of the games, but. There's also regular Snake. There's Boss, you know, and yeah. it's, then there's also the whole you know nebulous area of Punish Snake. But it's it's kind of 
these uh however you know, rank them we should rank them it's a lot of those, all the snakes yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah. i mean they're all very snake-shaped characters but got yeah, a lot of snakes in this episode odd, to be on odd call can't stop to, saying yeah. snake-shaped on this episode yeah it's an odd call to just get the to have the, the mustachioed you know elder elder snake there mm-hmm. weird choice who um, was uh 11th and 12th that also beat a you know uh 11th and 12th uh i do not have handy right off the top of my head um if you click there is a full oh here we wait yeah. this is i do think it's surprising that like this like I, full, I i get why spider-man's in the top five yeah but yeah. also not like that that character is a PlayStation exclusive character now <laughs> as of the last few years, but yes. And also What's I'm not up? like Brian, in love with we, that Brian, character. would you like to guess who is character number eleven on our poll? Oh just yikes. gonna just gonna throw it out there. You uh, recently had some words for him. Sonic. Oh, I the think Hedgehog? I know. No. No, Akeem. no, I think I know. It's, it's Crash. It it's is Crash, Crash, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. I, I like how we just forgot about 11th and 12th place, and we just like, hey, who would we bump from the top 10 for Aloy? What about ele- What about Crash, huh? How about that? Yeah, what about and Crash? Who's, who's number 12? Who's number, number 12? Number 12 is Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil. Look at that. Look at that. Leon and we're talking Stevens about bumping Kennedy. Aloy up. What are we doing here? What, what about those two? Man, not. They're well deserving, too, of top 10. Not mm. even like I I don't know. I mean I don't know about Leon actually, but I I love Leon Kennedy, but like I don't know his best game is Resident Evil Four, and that was a GameCube game first. True. Yeah. yeah. We're, wow. we're called Fourteenth uh, Place is in fact Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid, which is weird because he's the the original, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he should be above. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, wild uh, list. It's a, wild it's a fun list. list. It's really fun to go down to this the why elections are just chaos, go to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, Never let people vote. And, <laughs> 120th place was Frank Carter from The Getaway. <laughs> Come on. Take that, Frank. Yeah, you yeah. suck. You know, I wouldn't change a thing about this list, yeah. actually. Shout yeah, out yeah. to number 116, uh, Lammy. You know, from Um Jammer Lammy. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, what? I know, there's a lot of Lammies to keep track of. Wow. Um, lammies, that um, double Lammies, Lammies. <laughs> you remember um, um Jammer Lammy? <laughs> all right, well, that's there's definitely a lot to unpack there. Um, we need to wrap things up, but... Uh, yeah, we wanted to really quick just thank everybody who put up with us getting silly and trying new things with this show uh, for being nice to me, taking over hosting. It's it's good to be back, and thank you all for being so kind. And uh, thanks to all of you for j- jumping on here and having fun with me. Jada, Brian, Josh, Akeem, uh, it's a delight doing this with you guys. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we can do it again next year, nope, maybe? that's the last episode. That's the last episode of Yashin yeah. wow. I hated commuting and here, actually. It's the yeah. last episode. Uh, actually, no, we're doing more next year. We'll be back for that. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. It's been a blast. Uh, happy holidays. Hope you're safe and happy. And we will see you in 2023 uh, beyond. 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 Thanks for being an awesome host, Max. Thank you, Max. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Send it right yeah. back at you, man. You're no fart Jenkins, but we love you. Oh. <laughs> I try to stay snake-shaped. <laughs> oh, I ship it. <laughs>
You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.